Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my beautiful wife, Janet. And today we have Dr. Bowden on today, and she is a board-certified ENT physician and board-certified in sleep medicine. And as you guys probably have heard before many times about um, sleep studies and sleep apnea, uh, sleep apnea is very common in middle-aged, usually overweight men is the most common patient for sleep apnea. Well, guess what? There is more to sleep apnea than just a CPAP machine. That's not completely the answer. Um, Dr. Bowden has a health and wellness clinic along with her sleep medicine clinic, and she teaches patients how to, you know, fix their problems instead of just treating it with a CPAP. So you do not want to miss this episode. Stay tuned until the end. Dr. Bowden, Welcome to our show. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Janet, for having me. So you changed your career a little bit a few years ago. I want you to go into the history of it. Um, one of the things is, is that you have a cash-only surgery center or you, have a, you are a cash-only surgeon, so you don't bill insurance anymore. And you have transparent pricing. We talk about transparency and pricing all the time in healthcare. You will tell patients exactly what the price is going to be of a surgery, all inclusive. So tell us a little bit about what happened after residency and when you worked somewhere else. And tell, tell us about your transition in your career. Yeah, so I finished residency in 2003 and I joined a small practice and just did the traditional practice model, taking all insurance plans and worked there for about eight years as an employee, just, you know, did my doctor job. Um, then I had four boys in five years and decided to take some time off um, for my much, sanity. Much needed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't even sure I was going to go back to work, but you know, I started to have that little itch that I needed to scratch. And I decided I did want to go back to work, but I did not want to be handcuffed by the insurance companies. Um, I wanted to do, do my clinic the way I wanted to do it and thought about um, trying something completely different. And I, you know, I'm with boys and you go to speech therapy and you go to ther all these therapy appointments. None of them take insurance. I'm like, well, you know, I can do this. I can try it. And so I just started my own solo practice and I, you know, I've located it in an area town where people are more likely, more willing to pay cash. But I treat, you know, one of the things I learned from four pregnancies is and being at the doctor's office for five years straight is how horrible most people, the, the experiences going to the doctor for most people is it just wrecks your day. You deal with horrible parking. You deal with um, people at the front desk that are, don't make eye contact and barely speak to you and slam a door in your face and you sit in the waiting room for 30 minutes and no one tells you anything and then you get five minutes with the doctor and then then you end up with some bill that you don't understand and then you wait to pay till you really need to know what you're having to pay and just how messy and stressful the whole doctor's experience is for most people. And I was a VIP being a doctor and it was still was awful for me. So I wanted to make sure that my practice was nothing like that. So I'm very, uh, I treat every patient like they're a customer too and very customer friendly, service oriented, make things efficient, comfortable, 
um, when they walk into our office, it feels like a spa. It feels very soothing and relaxing. And I hire people that are very engaging and upbeat and nice and articulate and make eye contact and, you know, are there to please you and not just go through the motions and treat you like a number. What a concept. Customer service and medicine, huh? Right, right. I know. <laughs> Jen, do you have any questions for Dr. Bowden? Well, I, I, I'm just fascinated listening to what she has to say because I, I think this is not a phenomenon that um, happened, um, let's say, overnight. I think it transitioned over um, a few decades with the insurance coming in because um, I guess my comment is, is growing up, Dr. Larson saw all the kids and my mom's six, you know, kids and, and address their needs because he knew her. He had a relationship with my dad and mom. And so when we went to the doctor, it didn't feel like you were the number. And I think that has really came about, um, wouldn't you say, with the insurance model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much to compare it with because it's really all I knew. I mean, I do remember going to the pediatrician a little bit as a kid and it felt personal, but yeah, I feel like it's very impersonal these days. Um, and that's what I wanted to make change. You know, I didn't want to, yeah, most people dread going to the doctor and I didn't want that to be the experience when they come to my office. Well, I'm glad you decided to open open your your uh, practice and go back to work because we need more doctors like yourself that you know say you know what say no to the traditional system because there's really in my opinion and I've talked to many other doctors about this before I don't know if there's a way to fix the system in order to fix the system you got to get out of the system so kudos to you Thank for doing you. that Thank you. Okay, so tell us a little bit about, well, we'll start with the ENT side, then we'll get into some really, really cool stuff that you do with uh, sleep medicine. So mm -hmm. tell us some of the things that you do um, with ENT that sets you apart from a traditional hospital-based or um, traditional insurance-based ENT. What, how, do, how, do you, how are you different? Well, one of the big things is I strongly believe that, I've said this all along, but Surgery does not fix inflammation, and so much of sinusitis is inflammatory. And in residency, you spend 90% of the time operating, which is understandable. You can't learn how to operate by reading a book, but you also don't get any perspective on prevention or, you know, really, it's all, it's just so much surgical. So, you get out of residency and all you want to do and all you think you can do is operate. Well, I feel, you know, it's just a gaping hole in the, in the treatment of any patient with sinusitis. It's, um, so I really try to make people, educate people that yes, you can have surgery and it will help open things up, but you're still going to have allergies or you're still going to have inflammation if there's some other issue causing the inflammation. Surgery won't fix your allergies. You're still going to sneeze and you're going to have a runny nose and, you know, maybe we'll unblock your sinuses more, but you're still, it's not the end of the story. And I see so many patients that come in and have had multiple operations and are still miserable or, you know, they've seen their doctor, their ENT one time and they're saying, you need surgery and they're a little bit jarred by that. Um, so 
I make sure that before anybody gets any kind of sinus operation that we've addressed the, the inflammatory issues that could be going on. So, so and, that's probably one of the reasons why um, after people have sinus surgery, there's so much reoccurrence is because they really didn't fix the problem. Is that correct? Right, right. I mean, it's, yeah. So we... We have a very streamlined, efficient allergy testing process that I love. Um, I think a lot of ENTs shy away from allergy testing because in the old days, it was an all-day affair, and it just wasn't, um, yeah, it was like a whole other endeavor to your practice. But now, our system has gotten so easy that, I mean, I can get somebody in and out in 30 minutes and have a full panel of allergy testing. Um, they're also the food allergy business. I mean, I've always sort of shied away from that because the blood tests for food allergies are notorious for being not very reliable. But now there's a newer test I use that I love that's really makes sense scientifically and it measures your, infl your inflammatory reaction to foods. Um, and it's not an IgE, it's, it's how your lymphocytes react to each food that you're ingesting. It's called the mediator release test. Um, so, you know, I, I take those steps. I really emphasize saline irrigations because, I mean, that's standard of care. It's washing your nose out twice a day with salt water has been proven to increase the mucociliary clearance, the rate that the little cilia inside your sinuses beat. And I tell people, you know, do it when you brush your teeth twice a day. Uh, twice a day keeps the ENT away, but it's... Um, but, and I've incorporated that as a treatment in my office too, where we do a, it's called sinus therapy. You, you irrigate with a power irrigation of the sinuses with salt water and you do a suction and we use steam and massage and percussion to try to get all that junk out of the sinuses naturally and without putting a big hole in their nose. So there's times where you recommend against surgery instead of... I normally, I'm very conservative with surgery. So, yeah. Do you th do you think that in the traditional healthcare set setting, um, when it's insurance based, um, do you think that there's more surgeries that are unnecessary that go on because it is insurance based? Definitely. I, I had lunch with an, another ENT in town, and I was just joking around. I'm like, we should start an ER for ear pain because no nothing drives somebody to the doctor faster than a bad earache. And she told me, oh, yeah, we actually limit those patients that we allow to be on our schedule because they never lead to operations. And I was like, what? That's awful. I mean, wow. yeah, I was yeah. shocked. Yeah. Although I'm not, I'm not super surprised. So because you are a cash-only surgery, uh, you are a cash-only doctor, um, tell us some, give us an example of how you saved a patient a lot of money. So I had a little girl who came in and needed ear tubes and needed her adenoid out. And she was actually referred to me by another ENT. Her deductible was really high and she was going to have to pay at least $9,000 to have the surgery at, I believe it was Texas Children's. And she, you know, parents didn't have that kind of money and they came to me and I, we did the whole thing, uh, surgery, anesthesia and facility fee for $3,000. So we were able to save her $6,000 just by doing a little research and organization. It's not really anything but that. Right. Jan, do you have any comments about that situation? Yeah, I do. I, I feel like um, 
the reason they were charging that much is because insurance was paying for it for most clients. And there are um, misconceptions, I think, for fee for service, because a lot of times I will hear the comment that uh, fee for service is only taking care of the wealthy. And I think um, from what I'm hearing from this story is that you're actually taking care of, of the people that fall through the cracks that don't have the ability to cash over those kind of funds after the insurance has paid for something. So it's it's your everyday working no, family. And I've loved this because I, I see the people that value their time more than their money. They have plenty of money. They don't have a lot of time. Sure. So they come to me because they don't want to mess with all the, you know, they can get in and out. And then I see the other people that, you know, on the flip side that don't have a lot of money, they have high deductibles they're, or no insurance and they can afford me. Like I can do an ear check for $75. Whereas, you know, or a lot of these people would just go to the ER to get their ear because they have an earache. Um, so I like it because I get both sides of that, that equation. And of course, you know, like you said, with uh, um, the people that want have the money but don't want to take the time, is it, it one of the things is is that you your service is going to be so much better. And you said it earlier on because you have to take care of the person in front of you. They're the customer. When insurance is involved, really the insurance company is the customer. So exactly. the the they're the average patient falls through the cracks and they don't, they don't care about the average patient. I'm just being right. honest because that's not who's paying the bill. Right. You know, exactly. so yeah. So kudos to you for, for doing that. So tell us a little bit about your sleep medicine practice. So I started a, I opened next door or two doors down a, a sleep lab for sleep testing because I'm, I'm also board certified in sleep medicine. And, um, but one of the things I wanted to incorporate was taking care of these patients beyond their their immediate issue of sleep apnea, because most patients with sleep apnea are overweight and have comorbidities, other health problems, and you know you can slap a CPAP machine on them, but you're not really addressing what got them to that place to begin with. Um, so we have wellness services. And it's not, you know, I hate the whole weight loss thing. It's more like, you know, health education and, and stress management. And um, it's more um, holistic than just weight loss. Yeah, uh, there's more to it than that, I'm sure. Janet, do you have any questions about our program? Yeah, I am. I, I want to hear more about how you advertise to get your clients to sign up for this, because traditionally I think of Medicaid and Medicare when I think of CPAP, and I think of the um, the places where they're there overnight. And so how is, how is your facility uh, different in those aspects? So I don't know if y'all have ever had a sleep study in the hospital, but it is a highly unpleasant experience. Um, I took my son for one a long time ago, and it was, you know, this dingy room. They're just, the whole experience was just unpleasant. So I wanted a nice room that was comfortable, like a hotel room. Um, so it, the overnight testing room looks looks like a nice hotel room. It's not like Four Seasons nice, but it's nice. You're not going to be right. mm -hmm. <laughs> worried about 
catching something in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's a, you know, the other place was a hospital. You said you definitely had to be worried right. about catching something, right? Right. And it's just stressful being Yeah, there, hospitals are just not fun places to yeah. be. So. Right. And the other nice thing is because I have these other, uh, I have infrared sauna in there and I have a salt cave and patients can get a pre-sleep study you know, sit in the sauna and relax, or they can even get a massage before their sleep study to relax. Um, but How cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing too is in recent years, the home sleep test technology has really come a long way so that most of the time I can get away with just doing a home sleep test, which is really economical and accurate uh, for majority of people. So that we don't even need to use overnight tests as much as we used to. Um, so then we also provide CPAP machines and CPAP masks. We do not upsell them like crazy. You know, we keep them very close to what we pay for them um, because we want people to have access to the, you know, what's something they usually don't want to wear. Um, right. If you, if you make it. The price is right. It's a little easier to sell it to them. Um, but we try to make it streamlined so it's easy. You don't have to go, you know, in my old practice, I'd have to set up the sleep study elsewhere. Then I'd have to find somebody to supply the machine. And it could be months before somebody actually got treated for their sleep apnea. I mean, I saw somebody today. I sent him home with a home sleep test. It's disposable, so he doesn't have to bring it back. And he could have a CPAP machine tomorrow. You know, he's going to do his test tonight. And he could have start treatment tomorrow, and not and for under a thousand dollars for the whole thing. So wow. That's, so tell us about this salt water therapy stuff you're talking about. Yeah, so it's based off of what they do for patients with cystic fibrosis for the lungs. So patients with cystic fibrosis can't clear the mucus from their lungs, so they use percussion. They basically, you know, repeatedly pound the back and they use steam to try to get the mucus out. So based on that, I came up with this idea to do it for the sinuses. And we have uh, special equipment in my office that will allow us to, to uh, deliver pressurized saline mist to the sinuses. And so we put that on one side and then we use a power, pretty powerful suction on the other side and it just circulates the saline through pretty kind of like Navage, but on steroids, if you've heard about Navage. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we can, you know, we do that and then we combine it with steam and aromatherapy and massage. And we have a percussion device that we use on the sinuses uh, and make it into a little spa treatment. Uh, and patients love it. Kids love it, actually. My kids actually request it. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice because kids, you know, they're can't really send a kid to get a massage, but you can send them to get this and they feel <laughs> relaxed and pampered and they can breathe a lot better. Um, and you don't have to give them antibiotics to make that happen. Right. And there's also those things called, you don't have to give them antihistamines that make them drowsy and tired while they're at school and things like right. that. So, right. you know, we had one son that struggled um, probably about fifth grade um, with allergies and it's just to the environment he's living in. And you know, as a mother, you feel really guilty giving your child something that's already making him more drowsy and more um, just not a part of the world he's struggling with at the moment. So 
I can see how kids would uh, be really excited about that experience. Yeah. No, they, I was surprised because, you know, you are messing with them. Right. But they, they really like it. So. So tell us a little bit about your infrared sauna. What, what we've, we've heard about those before. Tell us about what's so special about them. It is the basic gist of it. I mean, we could go on for 30 minutes, but the basic gist is it decreases inflammation and it increases circulation and it has applications for all sorts of ailments. And it has, the one we have has three different wavelengths. So you can, you know, the near is more for the superficial, your skin. There's mid, which is more muscular. And then, then there's a deep, which is for your circulatory system. Uh, but there are applications beyond just feeling like, I mean, it's very relaxing to go in there, but uh, patients will use it for detox from cancer. I had a patient with scleroderma use it. And scleroderma, the circulation to your fingertips and extremities becomes compromised. Um, and she goes in there and it just really helps. She, I mean, you can see the difference and it's lasting. It's not, I mean, it doesn't last for years, but if she, she come regularly, she notices that it really helps. Um, so it's uh, thought to help with sleep. I haven't done a study yet on it. It hasn't been studied for sciences, but I'm working on that. Um, but I just like it because it does decrease inflammation and as now, I believe that inflammation is behind a lot of diseases. For sure. Yeah. So do you have any success stories about somebody that had sleep apnea and you ended up correcting their sleep apnea? Well, sleep apnea is hard to correct. And I will say, and as we all know, weight loss, lasting sustainable weight loss is hard to achieve. Um, but I do... You know, it, we're pretty new. Our sleep center just opened six months, not even six months ago. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't have any, um, yeah, I've gotten somebody lose 40 pounds and get off their CPAP yet, but if we're in the midst of that. Maybe, you know, ask me in a couple months. Right. Um, right. We'll have to have you back on. We do. Yeah. And we do have one new thing that I really like um, that addresses the tongue for sleep apnea without having because I was trained in how to do all these operations for sleep apnea. And those are problematic because the success is very iffy. It's, it's 50, 50% success at all. It's a big, there's usually big operations to help with sleep apnea. And the biggest issue is trying to fix the tongue because the tongue gets too relaxed and falls back into the throat. But there's a device that you can wear now that strengthens the tongue muscles and um, without any kind of surgery, you wear it for 20 minutes a day. It, it stimulates the tongue muscles and then they slowly strengthen over time and keep it from collapsing and blocking your airway while you sleep. So that's an exciting new, it's also that, it's called Excite, it's called Excite that, OSA, but, oh, okay. you know, but it is, I think that shows a lot of promise. So tell us some other uses for this infrared sauna. It sounds like you've had some good, um, experience with that. Tell us some other uses for that. I have a patient that comes in um, for skin issues, um, acne, and um, a little bit of psoriasis. And when she goes in there every, she doesn't come every day. She probably comes three days a week. 
and she notices a big improvement in her skin. Um, I've had it, patients with cancer detox. I feel a lot better. A few patients doing that. Uh, pain, chronic pain, people that uh, have, it, because it decreases the inflammation. Uh, and it's it raises your metabolism. I haven't had anybody use it just for weight loss, but it does raise your metabolism. So there's a potential use for that. And what made you interested in infrared sauna? A friend of mine was telling me about it, and I just researched it. And there is a lot of science behind it. If you look at photobiodynamic therapy. Um, so after reading the science, and it just made sense to me. And it's, it's very popular. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're having good luck with it. And I, I've just... I've heard of infrared saunas before when it comes to like sports medicine and stuff, um, but I don't know if I've ever heard of a doctor that has it in their office. So I think you're very, you're ahead of the times. <laughs> Thank you. You know, good for you. And you know, one thing I want to comment on too is that, you know, in our traditional healthcare system, um, we, we as healthcare providers, I think, we need to be good examples for our patients. And it looks like you are a good example for your patients. Um, looks like you, you know, you, you're into wellness yourself. And I think that's so important. I think I wrote a book about it and, and the book's called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And I think one of the things is in traditional medicine, you know, doctors or pharmacists or nurses, they don't have to be good role models. They don't have to be good examples because the customer, remember who the customer is. The customer is the insurance company. It's not the right. patient. Right. So I always give an example to our team, you know, that we have to set a good example because we preach health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if we don't, it's kind of like, and I wrote about this in my book. It's like, it would be like going to the dentist and the dentist has yellow and crooked teeth. Oh, right, exactly. You wouldn't go to him. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, so I only the doctor that smokes, the chain smoker, right? Yeah, exactly. Which that does happen. I know. And I know. and they're allowed the 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 reason they are able to stay in practice, I think, is because you know they're they're chosen by the insurance company, not by the patient. Right. You know, so essentially they've created a little bit of a monopoly than what the insurance company has done. So it's not really a free market. And that's what I love about what you're doing is patients choose to go to you. Whether it be price, whether it be service, whether it be quality, they choose to go to you. They're not told to go there by an insurance company. So you've got to you've got to get good service at a good price, or they're right. not coming back, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's what I love about free market solutions like what you're doing. So kudos to you for doing that. So, so Dr. Bowden, how would you like to? What's a, in in one minute? How would you like to sum up? What What would you like to talk about as far as what you have a passion for? Uh, I'm very passionate about price transparency in healthcare. Super. I um, here's a great example. During COVID, Please. I went to. I did a lot, lot of COVID testing for people, and I was just checking out this other place that was doing it. So I went and got a COVID rapid rapid antibody test, and I sat in the parking lot. I got I had a little interview by a nurse for about ten minutes got my finger pricked and I said, Hey, I don't have insurance. I'm a doctor. How much do I pay? And they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You don't. Well, I got a bill in the mail for $2,700 and I didn't even see a doctor. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I mean. <laughs> so tell so, me what you did. I publicly shamed him on Facebook. And then <laughs> Good for you. And then it Good went away. So. Oh, then the bill went away. Yes, it magically went away. Shocking. Oh, wow. Well, oh, good for you. Those things need to be exposed. Yeah. And, and I personally think I've heard, I've heard worse stories than that. I've heard a $10,000 bill for a COVID test. Uh, was, was, it a, was it at a traditional hospital system? It was yes. Well, yeah. no, it was, it was a it was one of those um, freestanding ERs, urgent oh. care center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard, and you know, there are facilities that are just making a killing off those tests, right? And right. testing anybody and everybody, and they're making lots of money on it. And obviously, they charge twenty seven hundred bucks because sometimes they get that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, anyway. So yeah, yeah it's, it's things like that just drive me. Really crazy. Well, I'm in the process. In fact, I've done all the video shooting already. It's in the process of editing, but it's it's um, what if hotels build like hospitals? Oh yeah. And basically, you would have no transparency. You wouldn't know what the bill is going to be, and you would have surprise bills. <laughs> right. So and horrible service and horrible service too. Uh, yeah. Right. Right, right. Right. So <laughs> surly receptionists and <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for that for that video. You'll you'll get a kick out of it. So. So, Dr. Bowden, how do people get a hold of you if they uh, have any questions? Uh, my email address is Dr. Bowden, D-R-B-O-W-D-N, at breathemd.org. And then my website is www.breathemd.org. There you are right there. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you being on today. And I want to have you on again and so you can talk about how your innovative therapies are helping people and how your wellness, your wellness programs are helping people. So please uh, um, stay in touch. I would love that. Thank you. All right. Dr. Bowden, All thank right. you so much for being on. And Thursday, tune in because we have Jackie Jones. She is a, a patient who has went from 190 pounds to 135 pounds, speaking of wellness and weight loss. And she has done it on a carnivore diet. And she's done many other diets in the past. Um, carnivore has been, been um, good for her. We've had Dr. Baker, Sean Baker, on before uh, on our podcast. And he's been talking and he's taught – he is – a big proponent of the carnivore diet. So you don't want to miss her, uh, her journey and her tell her story. She, she's went from being on a whole bunch of medications to being off those medications. And she basically did it by changing her diet. So you do not want to miss that. That will be Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday at eight to 9 a.m. Pacific standard time. So tune in for that. I'm super excited to have her on Dr. Bowden. Thanks for being on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sean. All right. All You've right. been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you for listening.